Welcome everyone to the Dining on a Dime podcast, where we give you tips on how to save on your monthly food budget. Now we give you the absolute best foodie news, and our professionals will give you recipes and cooking tips. So let's get the show started. Welcome everyone to Dining on a Dime. Here is what we have a fabulous show today. Here is what you're going to hear. First 15 minutes of the podcast will be mind-blowing facts about holidays, mind-blowing facts about Thanksgiving, facts about Christmas and Thanksgiving that will blow your mind, such as Swanson TV dinners were created in 1953 because they accidentally ordered way too many turkeys for Thanksgiving, so they needed to do something with the turkey. So that's your first 15 minutes. Second 15 minutes... We're going to talk to some New Jersey food trucks, Mary's Mobile Diner, Red's Rolling Restaurant, and Not Your Mama's Tacos are going to be on the show in an interview the second 15 minutes. Our third 15 minutes is going to be an interview with uh, the managing partner of Harvest Restaurant, and we will talk about the current situation of the restaurant industry. Uh, Then we will end this fabulous show with a fantastic interview with Campos, uh, located at 214 Market Street in Center City, Philadelphia. Uh, we will have a gr- I have a great interview pre-recorded with them. Uh, they did a fabulous job. Uh, after that interview, you're, go- you're going to s- uh, hear from Gooey Louie's, uh, which is an iconic cheesesteak place in South Philly. I have a pre-recorded interview with John from Gooey Louie's. And then we're going to end the show with our fantastic interview with Steak em Up at 11th and Wolf in South Philly. Uh, first 15 minutes, our listeners in WMLD Radio, uh, 103.7 FM. Uh, you're listening to this on a Friday afternoon. Uh, so let's get started with the mind-blowing facts. Jingle Bells was actually written in 1857. And it was originally intended to be a Thanksgiving song, uh, which is interesting because Jingle Bells is famous for Christmas, but it was actually intended to be a Thanksgiving song. The Butterball Turkey Hotline was started 40 years ago and averages over 100,000 calls every Thanksgiving. Uh, Thomas Jefferson refused to make Thanksgiving a national holiday. Uh, only male turkeys go gobble-gobble. All right, so we gave you a couple Thanksgiving ones. Let's switch over to Christmas. There is a guy who spent $13 million. Yes, you heard me right. $13 million decorating his Christmas tree. The movie, It's a Wonderful Life. How many times have you heard the mo- uh, watched the movie, It's a Wonderful Life? It was considered a communist ploy to undermine bankers, and it was actually reported to the FBI. That is how the hysteria was back when that movie was released, the communist uh, hysteria. Uh, People actually reported that movie, It's a Wonderful Life, which is legendary. Uh, They reported it to the FBI because they thought it was a communist plot to undermine bankers. Uh, study prove here's here's something we're all gonna love Taylor. A study has proven that your weight gain during Christmas is actually psychological. Uh, they they studied a lot of people, 
And a lot of people said, oh, you know, I, I probably gained about eight pounds during Christmas. And reality was they only gained like two. So it was kind of interesting. Uh, two weeks before Christmas is the second most common time for people to break up. <laughs> uh, tradition states that eating one, one mince pie during the 12 days of Christmas uh, brings people good luck. Uh, the Bible actually never states that there were three wise men. It never says three wise men. It just states men. Uh, the abbreviation X in Christmas is because the X is an abbreviation for Christ in Greek. Uh, NORAD Santa Tracker was created in 1958 due to a child accidentally calling a military base and looking for Santa. So the guy at the military base said, you know what? We should have something uh, for kids to track Santa Claus. The Statue of Liberty was actually a, a holiday gift from France in 1886. So the Statue of Liberty uh, was actually a, a holiday gift. Thomas Edison is credited with inventing Christmas lights in 1886. How about this, Taylor? The first Christmas card that was ever given in history is now worth $30,000. <laughs> so if you, if you are, you know, if you're that, you know, if you collect that kind of thing, you, that Christmas card is worth $30,000. Over a billion cards are currently sent in the United States. Oh, just a reminder, we're going to have our co-host coming in in a few minutes, Amherst Pollock, food photojournalist, uh, Matt Maritea, our alcohol expert. They will be joining me in a few minutes. But I said, look, these facts are simply mind-blowing. So I wanted to get these facts in. The largest gingerbread house ever made is the same size as a real house. <laughs> Americans can you walk through it. Yeah, you can actually. It's the same size as a real house. Amer Americans spend two billion dollars on holiday treats. Now think about that, Amaris. Americans spend two billion dollars on holiday treats, cookies, cakes, etc., for Christmas each year. I mean, for the holidays. It, it's easier to purchase a, a cookie or a sweet treat, um, you know, keeping in mind uh, the the those wafers, the pet. Uh, oh, God, I'm going to mess up. I know. I know. Um, I, I am joining you now. Um, but there's a there's holiday cookies that are a little bit um, bit of a pain in the butt to cook. Yeah, that's true. And $2 billion is just a ton of money to be spending. <laughs> uh, and and don't, don't forget, Christmas, Hanukkah, you know, Thanksgiving are only a couple months of the year, and that's $2 billion. Uh, there are 8.5 million lights to decorate Disney World. There are 750 different versions of the song Silent Night, and I have butchered all 750. <laughs> so there are 700, which I thought, thought was you interesting. You mean like the lyrics? Yes. You've but There's butchered 750 the lyrics? 750 different. Uh, poinsettias uh, have been a Christmas tradition since 1828. That's a very cool tradition. Um, for those of you who have animals at home, just so you know, poinsettias are actually toxic to animals, so keep them up high. 
I never knew that. We had a dog all my life, and we had poinsettias all over the house. I didn't know that. I mean, as long as they're not eating the poinsettias, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> right? Oh, how about this? I We have another show called Learn About World Cuisine, and we studied Egypt. And uh, you can find it on all podcast platforms. And I found out that Christmas trees were first used by the ancient Egyptians. And what happened was they would bring a tree into their home to remind them that spring is on its way. And that is how the Christmas tree started. I mean, it's kind of a far stretch for spring to be on the well, way. Well, they, they, you know, it reminded them uh, having, a, you know, a Christmas tree in the house. It, it reminded them that spring is coming, even though there's 10, inches, 10 feet of snow outside. You know what I like about the Christmas trees? Aside from the fact that the smell, like the real ones, right. um, they, they make your house smell awesome. Not so much with the cleaning. Um, but what I like about Christmas trees, when, when everything's said and done, you take the decorations down. The people who live and in beach areas, and I mean like Oceanside, um, they they use the old Christmas trees and stack them up to build the dunes to protect the the surroundings, just protect. Oh. Yeah. So I think that's actually cool. You can donate your tree basically to build the dune. That is interesting. Uh, oh, how about this? How many times have you said to yourself, Christmas caroling is kind of bizarre, right? Christmas caroling came from the English tradition of wassailing, and it was people would go door to door singing to wish people good health, and they transformed that into a Christmas uh, caroling. So in England, they used to go door to door, knock on the door, and sing to you to wish you good health and good luck, and uh, they have transferred that into Christmas, and that's where Christmas caroling comes from. So they serenade you for your health? Yeah, just to wish you good health. Hmm. So it's interesting. Uh, mistletoes symbolize love and laughter. Alabama was the first state to recognize Christmas as a holiday. Twelve days... Oh, here's interesting, too. Twelve days of Christmas represents the time it took for the wise men to arrive. Have you ever wondered why they do the twelve days of Christmas? And that's why. That is why. Uh, the original Christmas dinner in England was pig's head covered in mustard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I think, I, no offense to our foreign... Um, right, our national, or international list. Friends, yeah. Like, but some of the things you guys eat, like, <laughs> not uh, my cup of tea. <laughs> right. And then Coca-Cola is instrument, very instrumental in the way Santa Claus looks today. Because what they did was they did a magazine ad in 1931, and they hired an illustrator. And before 1931, when Coca-Cola was doing the magazine ads, Santa Claus was actually very scary looking. And the modern-day <laughs> modern Santa Claus is actually from the Coca-Cola ad. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So like, that's pretty you know what I like about the Coca-Cola ads? I like the bears, the polar bears. They right. kind of like added a, a level of, of cuteness. And how about this? This is interesting. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was actually a, a part of... Uh, they tried... The, the department store used to give out free coloring books, you know, during Christmas. And they said, let's try to make some money. <laughs> You know, and they create, and one of their advertising agents created the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That was in 1939, and the song came 10 years later. Hmm. 
But basically, it's actually a smart idea. The department store would give out coloring books for Christmas to everyone. And they're like, why can't we make some money and create our own story instead of giving out other people's stories? Because unfortunately, everyone looks for the bottom dollar. That's right. (laughs) Uh, The first American eggnog was created by the Jamestown settlers. Uh, Oh, here's here's was it spiked? Yeah, yeah, they all. Yeah, in fact, it said it was. Oh, okay. Fourteen. Here's an interesting fact: fourteen thousand seven hundred people go to the hospital each year due to accidents during decorations, hanging decorations. Okay, what are you doing? I mean, what are you doing when you're decorating? <laughs> like, is it, are we talking about like the tree, or are we talking about the house? Well, what's I that movie? See, the Griswold movie, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> I could see like where if you're hanging lights off of you know your roof or something like that, and you slip, like there is you know obviously going to be a an issue where you need to take right. careful precautions to make sure you don't fall but that's almost fifteen thousand people go to the hospital (laughs) yeah that's a lot of people that don't know what they're doing (laughs) um 90 percent of americans celebrate christmas but not all of them celebrate it as a religious holiday so but 90 percent celebrate some form of christmas Mm. Uh, what do you think the average amount spent on christmas how many how many how much money do you think the average person spends on christmas gifts too much Way too much. <laughs> what do you think? Matt Maratea, alcohol expert. It increases every year, too. That's the thing I that boggles my mind. I'm like, what are we? Are we trying to outspend one another? Let's see if Matt knows. Matt, what do you think the average American spends on Christmas gifts each year? What do you think? Twelve hundred dollars. Wow, almost nine hundred and sixty-seven. Oh. I would have never guessed. I would have said two hundred. Is that never... per, per? Honestly, I'm like, is that per person or is that for? That's per, per person. The average person. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. So, I, well, I guess some people are spending ten and twenty thousand. So, it, it, well, it, you know, it also I'm, dependent I'm, upon your wallet. <laughs> yeah, I'm spending about twenty-five dollars. So, <laughs> tinsel was invented uh, in sixteen ten. Uh, the writer who wrote The Legend of Sleepy Hollow actually wrote a lot of Christmas stuff, and he is the one, you know, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow? He actually wrote a lot of Christmas stuff, and he is responsible for Santa having eight tiny reindeer. It was his writing that did that. All right. Okay, so I am going to introduce some amazing ladies who run a food truck each. Um, there are... Some amazing things that they're doing. Their food is amazing. I'm overusing that word, but they are very talented. So I want to welcome on the show Mary Hilbert, who runs Mary's Mobile Diner. Hi. Hi. Um, Hi, y'all. <laughs> hello. And say hello to Me- Megan Hilbert, who is the owner and the person that creates all the delicious food from Red's Rolling Restaurant. And then, hi, how are you? Guys? Hi, how are you? Welcome to the show. And then Sabrina, hey, <laughs> Sabrina, is uh, Liz with you? Yeah, she's here. Okay, so Sabrina Brill and Liz Cortina, um, who are the owners of Not Your Mama's Tacos. So, what up? Hi, how are you? <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hey. <laughs> 
So why don't you ladies tell us exactly what's going on? Um, I mean, you, you're you collaborating to rate, and you've done this before. Um, Mary, why don't you talk about the fundraiser? So uh, we had raised, uh, started raising money in March for them um, when COVID first hit for Cooper Hospital. Their staff, their EMTs, um, state troopers that go in there, everyone that was on Cooper Hospital's premises, um, we raised money to get them free meals um, during all of this that was going on um, when it first started. Uh, we had Channel 6, we had Fox 29, um, Marilyn um, came out. Uh, we had a lot of bloggers, a lot of writers come out and do um, a lot of writing stories for us about it. And we raised over 4,000 meals um, for Cooper Hospital. And we were able to do that from each truck. So each truck probably did about 1,500 meals out of it from March through July, and um, what we did is we did it as a, um, everybody donated $15 in. Um, that was the smallest amount you could donate in, but we took as many, whatever anybody wanted to donate it to us. We took snacks in, we took food in, we took gift cards in, we did a lot. Um, anything that anybody wanted to donate it in. So it just didn't have to be money. Um, it didn't have to be just the Venmo. Um, it could be snacks. It could be food. It could be gift cards to uh, Restaurant Depot, Sam's Club, BJ's, all of that. Um, so what we're trying to do now is we're trying to, I think people forgot now on the second wave um, about what they're doing for all of us. And um, I just want to reiterate that they are probably working harder now than they did when we first started. Um, and it is just, they're getting slammed again and people are not uh, donating stuff to them. You know what I mean? Like they were before. So I just want to get them fed over the holiday weekend if possible. And, and I think and that, beyond if we can. <laughs> that, that, that is a admirable thing for you. The three, well, the three trucks to do um, now, Megan, uh, you are Mary's daughter, and I actually had the uh, privilege of meeting and having some of your food the other day and taking some photos. So what what is it that you see the nurses and the staff um, and the EMTs, all of the frontline workers, um, how how appreciative are are they when you're you know when you're there and they're they're hungry they need something to eat and you're there to provide that for them um so they honestly love it they all tell me that when they come out they look forward to you know hearing i mean to seeing that the food trucks are there on the weekends we're only there on the weekends because they have a cafeteria open during the week um so when we first started coming out, we've been doing, we've been going to Cooper for probably two years now. And when we first started coming up, you know, they were like, oh my God, there's food trucks out there. And especially the night shift when a lot of the um, restaurants and stores around Camden are closed or like closing early or whatever. Um, we're there until 2 a.m. usually in the parking lot of the ambulance bay. So like we're right in the hospital itself. Um, and when they found out that we were doing Feed the Front Lines, they were literally just like beside themselves. Like they're like, 
what? Like you guys collected donations for us. Like we get to have a free meal, you know, and it, you know, we didn't, we couldn't give every single person a free meal um, or else we'd go broke. So we had to do like a raffle um, at that time. So you would come up to the truck if you were a staff or a first responder or whatever. And then you would, um, with the intent to buy a meal, you would pick a ticket out of a bucket and then you would either get a free donated meal, which would come with chips and a drink. You would get a snack, dessert, um, soup, side. side, you know, something. You were, they were all walking away with something that was donated to them at the end of the day if they came to the truck. <clears throat> and that really just boosted their morale. Like, I know we all play music from our trucks. Like, it's just such a, a break for them to come outside um, and get fresh food, fresh air, good music, good energy. So it just, pretty much works out for both of us now sabrina and liz this is for you guys i know that um i read on your site that you are doing organic um tacos and i think you did some plant-based ones if i if i'm not correct correct me um but i i definitely know that healthy is a big thing right now especially with nurses and doctors so um you know what is what is your favorite or what do you find they're drawn to the most with you know being allowed to come come on and have something donated or what's their you know what do you see them ordering the most? Um, well, at Cooper, they definitely love our our, um, our rice bowls and cabbage bowls. Um, and we do, we try to accommodate all types of um, dietary needs and all that. So we always have something available for everybody. Vegetarian, vegan. I mean, we have all of our, we usually have three gluten-free. Gluten-free. Uh, we do, we're not organic, but we do, all of our items are fresh items. There's nothing like canned and everything. So like we try to keep it there, like healthiest is almost like a home cooked meal. This way that you're not, you know, worrying about preservatives and all that stuff that most of us don't need. Um, you know, people love the, the freshness of the items that we do provide and the as far as the rice bowls go, you know, the staff doesn't have much time to eat. I think that's why they fly so well off the truck, because when you're throwing three bites in your mouth of a taco, an hour later, the tortilla is going to fall apart. So, you know, the rice bowls just slide out the window because, you know, they can heat it back it's up. Convenient. Yeah, it's the convenience of it. Now, um, oh, sorry. I didn't no, mean to so interrupt. Good. It's. I mean, it's. It's perfect that you know. It's. It is the convenience, and it can't, couldn't be any more fresh. Because I know that when I was headed over to take the photos of uh, Megan's, of Megan's food of the Reds Rolling Restaurant, um, she was still cooking as I was driving. So I mean, I know that you probably you. I haven't. Unfortunately, I have not been able to experience your food yet. Um, I look forward to trying it out one day um but i've definitely now partaken of mary's uh mobile diner and also red's rolling restaurant and i know i can attest to the fact that your both your food trucks have amazing food i actually want to a little bit stock your trucks and i i now have uh <clears throat> not your mama's tacos on my list of, of, you know, definitely need to try out. But 
I would like to know, um, Mary, what would the information that our listeners, if they want, would like to donate to your fundraiser for Feed the Frontline, where would they be able to find that? So it's on all of our websites, our Instagram, the Venmo account that we set up in March. Um, We've had that Venmo account since we first started this, and we just reopened it again. Um, Megan handles that part of it um, uh, for the Venmo account and then distributes the money between the three trucks so we all can buy groceries. Um, They can also, so it's at STFL-Cooper is the Venmo site um, name. Okay, and then... they can do... Right. And if then, they want to pay with like a Visa or MasterCard or um, PayPal or Cash App, Megan has that also. Okay. That's Just call her. <laughs> and, and they can contact her through Facebook, like private message her through Facebook. Okay. So that would and, be Megan. And all that would go right into the Venmo account. So Megan, where what is your handle um, for our listeners to reach you at? So my Facebook page, uh, my Instagram page, is all the same. It's just at Red's Rolling Restaurant. Okay, and then for not your mama's tacos, Liz and Sabrina, um, what is your your handle? Yeah, it's just at your not uh, not your mama's tacos. Oh, but it's N-O-T-Y-O-U-R-M-A-M-A-S-T-A-C-O-S. Okay. She's so popular. She'll just pop up anyway. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> tacos are, I mean, it's once, Tuesday. It's once Taco you get Tuesday. One bite of taco, <laughs> you, you just can't get, can't get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> do you have, do you have like shrimp taco, tacos? <laughs> Yes. Have a what? A shrimp? A mushroom? Oh, shrimp. Yeah, and the, yeah, and the salad. have all um, kinds of food. <laughs> all kinds of stuff. So listen, I'm I'm not a vegetarian by any means. I love my meat, but our vegetarian tacos, boy, I tell you, we do this baked curry garbanzo bean taco and then a sweet and spicy Asian portobello mushroom that makes your mouth melt. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't. They're my favorite tacos. I can't. And I'm, I'm not a vegetarian. Yeah. Now, but they definitely hit yeah. the spot. Yeah. Well, if you have, yeah. if you see somebody out there with a camera pointed at you, um, it's because I've stalked you and I am, I'm looking to get fed. <laughs> That's fine. But if you see me shaking my ass and posing, don't mind. You know. <laughs> oh, even better. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mary, um, as you can see, none of us are shy. Yeah. <laughs> and Mary, can you give me your handle for our listeners? Um, yeah, it's at Mary's Mobile Diner. Okay. Um, so I just want to thank. And we all have we all have Venmo accounts, but we would rather you guys send. Um, yeah, send to uh, the FDLM. Okay, so the, the, thank you for joining us. And what are, whatever we put on as far as Cooper Hospital. And I want to say, hello, ladies. This is Kevin Wilson. I uh, just want to let you know that you guys are doing an amazing job. 
I want to thank you for taking care of the frontline workers, and I want to encourage our listeners to support this great uh, cause because these ladies are doing phenomenal job in this time of need. So thank you. I just want to personally thank you. Thank you. We thank you. you. Any press we can get is great. You're right. Yeah, and we're, we're syndicated on an FM station, so you're getting plenty of press today. And we want to encourage our listeners. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. And we want to thank, thank you so you much. Thank you so much, all. Thank you so much for joining and us today. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, holidays, everyone. To you too. From all our Thank you so much. And if uh, thank we, you, thank you, you're right. welcome. And we would like to encourage our listeners: if you would like to help feed the frontline workers at Cooper Hospital, you can donate to the Venmo account at FTFL. Um, sorry, dash Cooper C O O. P-E-R. And I want to make sure everyone understands that this is a need. And they made a great point during that interview. They said, you know, the first wave, it was everybody was all in. Now we got a second wave, and this wave is actually uh, worse a little than the worse. first. Yeah, yeah, they're saying that the hospitals are, you know, almost at capacity. So we definitely need to do things to help support the frontline workers. You know, they're running around like crazy in the hospital. They need to get, they need the nutrients and the the food so that they can keep going and help, you know, and to stay healthy. So this will definitely help them out. And the intention is also, you know, not just to feed them for the holidays. They would love to see and the availability that we can, you know, donate and help out the frontline workers past the holidays, you know, as Absolutely. they continue to battle this this pandemic. And like like we said, uh, the first time it was, you know, a lot of support. Now it's a second wave, and it's nice to see the ladies uh, doing something to help. Right, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, it, it, you know, it, it's so difficult because uh, people have been out of work, what, four, five, six sure. months now, and, you know, we're in a second wave now, and I I don't know a single person who's better off now, who's doing better, so, uh, I mean, it's going to be difficult, what they're trying to undertake and uh, do is, it's going to be even harder this time around, so uh, I'm, you know, floored by the effort that they're going to it's very commendable and and it's not just you know like the the or i want to say little people but like it's not just the regular you know people like myself and matt and you who would be donating it's it's people who have larger pockets or deeper pockets i want to say because one of their donors um to the last time that they did this was an nfl star you know which thank you to, to um whomever that was i forget off the top of my head because i don't watch sports but um but like anyone can donate and that's the thing that's you know is nice about this right we're while we're in the process of finding our guests uh we're trying to get a guest on the phone matt why don't you read some of these facts sure uh always happy to jump into some (laughs) fun facts here (laughs) and then i uh sass everyone when they do it (laughs) Uh, yeah uh so uh, I'm always a fan of danger. Uh, typically on Thanksgiving Day, which uh, looks like we all made it through, there's three <laughs> times more cooking fires than the average day, which I'm going to 
basically blamed totally on frying turkeys because people overfill the bucket, the oil explodes, and it gets everywhere. I watched <laughs> a, a three-minute compilation video of people just lighting themselves, their homes, their kitchens, their uncles, then, on fire. Then there's the people <laughs> that, that don't know to thaw out the turkey, and they just drop the frozen turkey in. And so, yeah. All right. We have our guest on the phone, uh, the managing partner from Harvest uh, Restaurants, uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's let's talk about. We just got done uh, talking to a charity event, raising money for the frontline workers. Let's let's talk about uh, this today. How are you, Dave? Hello, Dave. Good, good, good. Oh, good, good to hear so, from you. I'm I'm so thankful for you coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, you are the managing partner of Harvest. Let's talk about the plight of the restaurant industry. Yeah, I'm actually the founder and the CEO of Harvest. We have nine restaurants. Um, right now, they're all open. Well, we closed one permanently in the pandemic, but the rest are open. And uh, we've been struggling through this entire time. And with the latest actions in Philadelphia, we have an Italian restaurant actually at 10th of Walnut in addition to Harvest. And uh, that one's on takeout only. Last week was horrible in sales with that. And uh, otherwise, we sort of go to work every day wondering what new enforcement action is going to come down. You know, how are they going to restrict restaurants again? And it's, it's extremely stressful on, on our employees, on the operators, and, and trying to manage a business uh, with the possibility of being shut down at any moment. Um, and regardless of data, you know, regardless of any data, there hasn't been stuff that is that, oh my God, we have a thousand cases yesterday from restaurants. We got to shut them down. It's just one of the tools they have in their toolbox to sort of try to keep, keep people from getting together. Now, with all the regulations, hi, uh, David, this is Amaris Pollock. I'm one of the castmates. Um, with all the regulations that have been thrown at the restaurants and bars, um, I know one of them was that you were unable to serve alcohol. Now, do they still have that in place or was that just a 24-hour thing? That, that was, was a 24-hour thing. So that was, yeah, that was actually in the whole state. That was Governor Wolf. So what Governor Wolf did is he came out, I believe, on Monday of that week and said, hey, on Wednesday, all alcohol service has to be stopped by five and must be cleared off the table by six. So that was for, until Thursday morning. So if you could imagine Harvest are restaurants or not bars, right? So we're done normally by nine o'clock or 10 o'clock. We probably had 400 reservations cancel oh. across, the com uh, across our company on that night. And that's the short-sightedness of the administration. If your goal was to prevent people from drinking in bars the night before Thanksgiving, you should have said, okay, alcohol service is um, alcohol service has to be over by 9 p.m. or something, right? If what you're really concerned about is a bunch of 20-year-olds getting together and drinking and 30-year-olds. But what he did instead was he prevented the family or the husband and wife or whoever it is that was going to go out to dinner that night from going out to dinner because who wants to go out to dinner to a higher end restaurant and, and not be able to drink. And right. it was also illegal to BYOB. It was illegal to bring your own. And I know a lot so of people, Dave, Dave, I know a lot of people, a lot of people that will not go out if they cannot have a drink at dinner. So you're exactly right. 400 cancellations. Wow. Yeah. That's yep. a huge impact. And that's a huge impact. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah, it was. It was. We were down about thirty thousand dollars across the company that oh night my from prior from from prior week, which was also already forty thousand down from prior year. So we were down about seventy thousand dollars to a normal a uh, normal night before Thanksgiving. Wow. And let's talk about, let's get into this area too, Dave. Let's talk about the restaurants that were not really that profitable before the restrictions. I mean, what do you think? Are they just going to go under or what do you think? Yeah, so if you look at it on a national level, right, if you look at brands like Bar Louie, if you look at TGI Fridays, if you look at some of these brands that, you know, Logan's Roadhouse and all these different groups that sort of had already been struggling to be relevant anymore and always sort of trying to adapt their menu, but you sort of knew what the brand was. TGI Fridays could tell you they're a farm-to-table restaurant tomorrow, <laughs> and you wouldn't believe it, right? right. Yeah. You sort of identify with it. So, so although a lot of these chains have had really excellent locations, they might have a corner, that, a great corner at a busy intersection, and they have that tied up for 20 or 30 years, their concept became less and less relevant. So you, you've seen those guys file bankruptcy. You've seen a lot of those groups file bankruptcy already and shutter you know, 200 stores and keep 50 or 60 open. So you've seen that trend happen. On the smaller operators, you know, we've had such a good economy for the past three or four years. Uh, we definitely felt it in our business that there was a lot, there was a lot of money being spent dining out and that could lift up the other guys. Right. So you can't, you go to harvest and it's Saturday and it's a two hour wait for dinner. And you're like, all right, I guess we'll go over to the wing place across the street or the sports bar or the, you know, the old style American grill. That's not really relevant, but I, I'm out and I want to have dinner. So, so those guys are falling off too. And some of those are one-offs, you know, some of those are that, that neighborhood sports bar that maybe wasn't your favorite food spot, but it was a good spot to watch a game and have a beer. And you were like, oh, their burger's okay. I'd rather be going to a PJ Willihan's, but PJ Willihan's was filled for the Eagles game. So I'll go over to this guy's place. Those guys are suffering too, because, because they were already sort of the overflow restaurant, right? In a, in a good economy, that's where you sort of went when everybody was busy. Well, now nobody's busy. So now those guys have taken another hit. Um, and, and you're going to see a lot of fallout continue in that world. So with all of the fallout and everything that, you know, all the regulations that are restricting restaurants to have a lower capacity, um, what you know, depending on your location, you can dine indoors versus dine outdoors. What are you seeing um, trend-wise for other than takeout? Like, what are you doing in order to stay over the hump of uh, of of what's been going on? So it's really hard because not only do you have the legitimate concern of the pandemic and being safe and social distancing, which restaurants have really done an excellent job at, but you now have the added fear that's happened in the past couple of weeks from Governor Wolf and from national broadcast and various things basically saying, if you eat Thanksgiving together, you're going to kill your your uh, your grandmother, or you're going to kill people, or or having Thanksgiving dinner now makes you understand that you're going to have an ICU event later. I mean, really pretty pretty bleak language, right? So here's what we saw: we saw that Wednesday really shocked consumers. Consumers like, I can't believe this ha- is happening. And then we all saw busy Black Friday shopping. You could turn on any news channel and see busy King of Prussia Mall, super busy uh, uh, Christiana Mall with their food court packed and super busy Cherry Hill Mall 
but they weren't going into the restaurants. And this is what we saw. So there's a mental block right now. There's this equivalent that if I dine at a restaurant, I'm going to die. And it's really not true. And here, here's the biggest reason it's not true. Restaurants are social distancing. We have massive HVAC systems, 30 tons, 30,000 tons, 50,000 tons. We have these huge HVAC systems. And we have a, a, our hood systems that suck air out of the building. So you're constantly bringing in fresh air in a restaurant. Well, the real concern you should have in going to a restaurant is who are you having dinner with? You don't need to worry about the person that's seated 12 feet away from you. Oh, well, they don't have their mask on. Yeah, they're 12 feet away from you. <laughs> what you should be worried about is, is the person you're having dinner with somebody that has COVID and you're sitting across from each other for an hour or two? Well, that's the same concern you would have at home. That's the same concern you would have on your back deck, in your basement, in your garage, watching a Super Bowl, whatever it happens to be. So what we've done is we've made people believe that restaurants are dangerous. It's not the restaurants. It's who are you dining with and is that person healthy? So I wouldn't invite my 90-year-old aunt to my house for dinner. I also wouldn't invite her to meet me at a restaurant for dinner. But I would certainly go to dinner with my family. I would go to dinner with my friends that I work with and that I know we were getting COVID tested and various things. So what we've been trying to do is get the message out that the restaurant is actually a safe environment. It's about who you're choosing to dine with that you need to be smart uh, about. So that's one of the ways we're adapting. We're adapting with massive amount of focus on takeout. Um, but there's not really much left left to do. I mean, we've seen all these tents go up and these bubbles and these heated tents and these igloos. You know what? The last thing I want to do is sit in a tiny little igloo with six strangers <laughs> or six True. friends of mine I haven't seen in a while and point. share that air. I, I look at these. Right. So, so if my choice was a 6,000 square foot restaurant, that used to be able to uh, have 300 guests in it, and now there can only be 70 guests, let's say, in this three, this 5,000-square-foot restaurant. I'd rather be in that restaurant with real professional HVAC units cleaning the air, bringing in new air, than zipping up a bubble and sitting in a bubble with six of my friends. Because if one of those friends has COVID, everyone is getting COVID. <laughs> right. They're yeah. sharing air. You know, and then the and then the toxicity of the chemicals. <laughs> I, 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 if I see one more guest say, "Oh, I, I love your igloos," do you guys clean them in between? I see this <laughs> on other people's Facebook. Right. So now you're in a chemical bubble, right? That just had toxic chemicals sprayed on it to kill COVID, and now you're going to lock yourself in there with six <laughs> people for two hours. And not only right. doing this, we're, we're doing it backwards. <laughs> and Matt Marite is our a- alcohol expert, and uh, he has a question for you, Dave. Hey, Dave. Uh, I've always been a fan uh, of the restaurant. I live really close to the uh, Morristown location, uh, right there at the mall. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I I get what your point is about the HVAC systems, because Governor Murphy on the other side of the bridge, (laughs) I mean, he shut down ice hockey, which is completely asinine, because you you can't touch anybody. There's no skin-to-skin contact. And a uh, hockey rink yep. has the most complex HVAC system that you can possibly imagine. Um, and I work at a brewery, so we're facing you know, a similar plight. Uh, can you talk about how difficult it is to for a, a location like Harvest Morristown that's attached to a mall uh, to be operating right now and to try to work with things? Because it's you can enter from in the mall. There are spaces outside the mall. Uh, that's got to be incredibly yep. difficult to try to keep track of, keep clean, and and keep going. So the interesting thing about Harvest Morristown was that was a location that could have remained open longer than some of our other locations, 
But once the malls were shut, so basically the malls shut down in New Jersey before the restaurants. So the mall shuts down. We're still open, but every consumer assumes we're closed, right? Even though we have an outdoor entrance and an outdoor patio and you don't have to, you do not have to set foot in that mall to come to us. But immediately the entire mall sort of went quiet and dark. Reopening, we have seen, we, we actually reopened really well because we have a nice happy hour there. When, when Murphy shut down bar dining, we lost probably 30% of our sales. So, and again, on Black Friday, we got a few people in from the mall, but let's face it, Morristown Mall is not a great mall anyway. For yeah. <laughs> we I love mean, the restaurant yeah. location. <laughs> the, the, the restaurant location is great because the parking, we have a great parking field and, and, and easy access. So for a restaurant, it's very successful. But um, we are just not seeing shoppers come in to eat. They, they feel perfectly safe touching contaminated stuff at Boscov's or Nordstrom's <laughs> right. or wherever you want to be. But they're scared to sit down and have lunch with that same person, you know, even though they just had a coffee with them at a food court. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been very tough. And it's it's tough that each location faces different obstacles, right? Like, so the Moorestown obstacle is right now you would think we're doing better because we're in a mall. And maybe arguably we are a little bit in a different location. But at the same point, the minute that the governor says, let's let's restrict people more and they shut down malls, even if we're still open, we're shut down. Yeah. Right. Because the consumer thinks we're shut down. It, it's it's very difficult uh, to, to navigate that that situation in Morristown. And Dave, I'm so appreciative of you coming on the show because everything you're saying is what I'm hearing every day. <laughs> so it's nice that you uh, came on and, you know, and got the word out. Uh, final thoughts, Dave. And then we have a couple more questions. But final thoughts. What do you want our listeners to know about the current situation, what what do you uh, if you could tell them anything? What would you like to say? Here's what I would say, and I've, I've been very active politically. We tried to get a bunch of bills passed. We failed. We I've taken uh, I've been I've met with every legislature legislator in Pennsylvania, and we've been working really hard with the Pennsylvania Restaurant Association and other groups to to get to get some relief here. But here's the thing that you need to know: Pennsylvania contact tracing from their own website. It was only 3% of the cases could even relate back to restaurants. And all the question said was, have you been at a restaurant in the past two weeks? Well, please find me one person that in in a two-week history, all they did was lock themselves in their basement and then go to a restaurant once in a two-week period. We know if the consumer went to a restaurant, they also went to a grocery store, a retailer, a nail salon, a gym, whatever else they're doing, work, right? Picked up their kids from daycare. So the, so the contact tracing question just said, have you been in a restaurant? And then they said, oh, look at all these people. They tried to say it was 50%. Once you actually looked at the numbers, it was 3%. Then to back this up, LA County, and if you Google this, you'll see this from LA news sources. It hasn't made mainstream, but like ABC in, in Los Angeles has this right on their website. In Los Angeles, when they did the contact tracing, 3.1% of the cases related back to restaurants. So that means 97% of the COVID spread has absolutely nothing to do with restaurants. So we could shut down every restaurant in America. It would only decrease COVID spread by 3%. Wow. And that's because restaurants are sanitizing. The employees are wearing masks. The guests are wearing masks so they sit down. Again, the risk is who are the guests that are sitting at a table together? So what's sad is they're not willing to share this information. What's really interesting about the L.A. County finding 
7% of the cases in LA County came from government buildings. So the people writing the laws are causing twice as many cases <laughs> as the restaurants. Wow. And this is the world we live in. One other nice piece of news, if you're looking to see our Pennsylvania restaurants being safe, as an example, uh, there was about 4,300 inspections from the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. That's basically your health department. Out of those 4,300 inspections, 99.3% of restaurants were in compliance. Wow. Only 0.7% of restaurants were issued either a warning or a citation. And Governor Wolf is an absolute wimp for not getting up on the microphone and saying, hey, you know what? These restaurants have done a good job. They're doing what we've asked. 99.3% are compliant. That's an amazing number. Right. And it's been ignored. So if you're thinking about going to a restaurant, consider who you're dining with, but understand the restaurant is safe and they are following the procedures and they are sanitizing and they are wearing masks and they are social distancing. And I wish we could get that message out. And thank you so much. Let's give the harvest so people can look up harvest. Uh, what is the social media tag, Dave? Yeah, so it's harvestseasonalgrill.com. Okay. Uh, and there, and we have locations from New Jersey down to Florida up to northeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, we have a heavy concentration in the five counties around Philadelphia and going out towards Lancaster. Uh, but, you know, we appreciate any support. We're making sure we're taking good care of our employees. We're taking good care of our guests. Harvest is a seasonally changing farm-to-table restaurant, so the menu changes every single season. So right now we're in our fall menu. Uh, starting January, we go to our winter menu, and uh, we utilize mostly Lancaster and New Jersey and Bucks County Farms for our menus. They're listed on the menu. You can trace your products back to where they come from in our restaurant. So we're doing good for our local employees and for our local farmers. So if you want to support a local business this holiday season, uh, we are a local company. I grew up in this area, grew up in Delaware County, and our employees all live in the area, and our farmers all work in the area and our purveyors. So we'd appreciate any support. And we want to thank you for being a voice of the restaurant industry in this uh, cri- during this crisis. I mean, uh, you're sticking up for them, and I'm sure they appreciate it. Uh, thank you very well, much, th- Dave. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. And uh, that was Dave. And I, uh, he makes some great points. And our show wants to be a balanced show. We want to give all voices to be heard. And I thought he did a fantastic job. Yeah, I didn't know half the facts that he was, you know, letting us know. I, d- I didn't. It broke my heart the other day. A small business, or a couple of weeks ago, a small business, you know, had to invest a lot of money to get plexiglass. You know what I mean? And, and to follow all the guidelines. Mm-hmm. And, there, and now you can't eat it? Yeah, you can't eat it. There, there's also a shortage on um, the heat lamps or the, the tall fire lamps that, that every like a lot of restaurants have out to try to keep people warm. Um, there's a shortage on that now, but those heating lamps are extremely expensive to, to purchase just one. So, you know, they're doing what they can. I'm glad we had the other side, you know, and the voices heard. Re- refilling the propane. I mean, say <laughs> say you have four or five heat. Yeah, your heat lamp is a one-time cost. That propane? Oh, yeah. It's that's constant. three, four times a week at best. Exactly. And, and then if you're not filling it up more, you're probably not getting enough people to survive. I'm completely on Team Dave. Burn it all down. <laughs> <laughs>
Dining on a Dime is live from Campos, 214 Market Street. I am here with Big Mike and Little Mike. They are going to tell you about this fabulous restaurant. Hey guys, let's tell our listeners about Campos. Okay, so we opened the, my parents opened the store, Rose and Ambrose Campo opened it in 1947. And it was a butcher shop, grocery shop, and they made sandwiches. And time went on, and my wife, Denise, and I had taken it over in 1975, and we started promoting more sandwiches, steaks and hoagies and parmesans and homemade meatballs and pastas and stuff like that. Uh, remembering when we were kids, uh, my father was a butcher, and during the holidays, he would bring live lambs and pigs, and we'd play with them down the basement. And then we'd play with them for a couple of weeks, and after that, the people would come, and they would pick out their live lamb or their pig, and my father would slaughter it, and then he'd cut it up and distribute it to the people. So we had sort of pets, and we didn't realize that as children, we were in the business, and, uh, and that's how we evolved. And uh, then we came to Market Street in 2000, second in Market Street, 214, and we've been there, and it's been a wonderful location for us. We're close to the Liberty Bell, Old City, which is the most historic mile in the country, so it's been a very, very good location for us. And we're also invited into the stadiums, which was Wachovia Center, now Wells Fargo Center, and at the Phillies Stadium. Um, so we're with the Phillies and the Flyers and the Sixers. So it's been a, an interesting run for us. And what I love about Campos, absolutely, what I love about Campos is you guys have such a great history, family business. I'm trying to encourage our listeners, shop small business, shop family-owned businesses, I believe, tell us when you guys were first established. What year was that? Well, our parents established that in 1947. Wow. <laughs> and I remember as a youngster just cleaning the windows with ammonia and uh, newspaper and filling up the soda bottles, and soda cases, and just sweeping the floor and doing all that stuff. And then before you know, we were behind the counter slicing lunch meat and making sandwiches and stocking the shelves. So it was uh, an interesting way to grow up. And I think we learned how to count very easily because it was just second nature. Wow. That's when kids come for a job and they can't count very well. So, it's, it's, you know, it had its, uh, its ups and downs, but it was very entertaining. And, it, and it, of course, it's been rewarding. And it's your family lifeline. All your life, your family has had that business. Uh, it's such a remarkable accomplishment, Big Mike that you guys are still putting out the highest quality food at 214 Market. Let's talk about the food. Let's talk about anything special on your menu, etc. Okay, so uh, Philadelphia is noted for the hoagie. That's the official sandwich of Philadelphia. But Cheesecake has taken over uh, 10, 15 to um, So we make an Italian hoagie with uh, salami and brassoon and provolone. And we use a uh, lithio roll, which some are plain and some are seeded bread, sesame seed roll. And it's been very good. And then we started making cheesesteaks. So we found, it took me years to find the best ribeye I could find. Wow. And so we use a fresh sliced ribeye. Uh, and it's just, and you know what? I eat it most of the time. Every day I have a piece of a hoagie and a piece of a cheesesteak. And mm -hmm. I still enjoy the heck out of it. That's, and I love your cheesesteak. I love the fact that I can choose what kind of roll I want. 
Uh, Little Mike, let's ask you, what was it like growing up uh, uh, in such an iconic family business? Well, I mean, I guess my... I don't remember things like uh, live animals from a butcher shop, <laughs> but I definitely definitely remember doing windows as a kid. You know, I felt like everybody's first job was go, go and build windows. I mean, uh, to this day, I think I, I do some of the best windows around. Um, yes. And I'll tell you what. I, what yeah. What I love about Campos the most is you guys take so much pride in everything you put out. Uh, everything you get at Campos is of the highest quality. I have been there uh, hundreds of times. I've never had anything that was not exceptional. Uh, let's talk a, a little bit more about the menu. Uh, what do you guys do? And It's a great spot. I can come there before the stadium games and grab my stuff and go. Uh, do you have any specials or anything that you would like uh, the listeners to know about uh, your menu? Well, we make one particular sandwich. It's called the Stockyard. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, and I got that from the Chicago Stockyards years ago. All the cattle and poultry and pigs and everything was in Chicago, and they would bid and buy hundreds of head of cattle and livestock. So I made a, a sandwich called the Stockyard, and then it, it has chicken and steak, bacon, pepperoni, wow. mascarpone cheese, and American cheese with grilled onions. And it's a interesting tasting sandwich. Uh, if anyone out there listening, I think you should try one. Uh, it's, it's, it's a genuinely different sandwich than you've ever had before. And you sold me. I'll be in for that. <laughs> that sounds absolutely delicious. Uh, what I love, like I said, Campos, we're talking to the iconic Campos at 214 Market Street. You're very convenient to get to. You're steps away from the L. Uh, right downtown, you're in the historic area. Uh, let's talk about uh, what do you want our listeners to know about Campos? If you could tell them anything they need to know, uh, what would you like them to know? Michael, you what this is me. Uh, I mean, um, I mean, uh, we're hanging in there, hoping this coronavirus gets over, uh, following protocol, and trying to still. Um, we have a new carry-out platform, so uh, hopefully it won't affect our effect in this two months. But um, can't wait, can't wait to see them back again in the area. And little Mike, what I loved about Campos, we were just there. Uh, it's very easy, even with uh, the current restrictions. You can call. It's family. Uh, it's very friendly. Customer service is top of the line. You can go. You can get your great sandwich, and you can. It, 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 you guys are perfect. Uh, you're taking all the restrictions for the current restrictions. Uh, it's very easy to order and get your food from Campos now. Yes. Let's talk about catering. Do you guys do catering for the businesses in Center City? Yes, we um, have a great catering menu that people are really finding useful. Um, it's definitely a bit of budget or a unique kind of setting, um, but cheesesteaks never go wrong. There's no setting where they don't add 
and the right food too. So we actually have a mini cheesesteak that's great for, especially with these restrictions, the mini free and sandwiches, uh, easy to add to a party. You don't need an exact count. You kind of estimate um, and just grab them and go. They, they keep nicely and uh, doing a lot of like Sunday for sports, Okay, so I'm a business in Center City. What do I? How do I call and get a hold of you for the catering? I would, I would recommend. Well, if you needed delivery, I would recommend you go through our um, Campos Easy Cater platform. If you go to our website on the catering page, you go to Order Now, and it'll redirect you to Easy Cater um, platform. All of our catering menu is available there with delivery. Um, and if you'd like to pick up your, your catering order, just go to our website. And I found it very easy. Uh, we were just there uh, on the Philadelphia Cheesesteak Tour. Very easy with the current restrictions to go get food from Campos. There should be no reason why anybody would not. Uh, I want to also talk about, for a little while, I want to talk about... Uh, what do you? What would you guys order if you were to order anything on the menu? Uh, Big Mike, let's start with you, then we'll go to Little Mike. Well, my two favorite sandwiches are the Italian special hoagie with preserved provolone, salami, gabagol, provolone cheese, uh, and pepperoni. Nice. And of course, the cheesesteak, whether it be a jalapeno cheddar cheesesteak or a stockyard or just a cheesesteak fries and with. Uh, our grandchildren even eat them. So it's, it's uh, they enjoy them. So like we, we we're forcing them, they, they are like having, I'll have a cheesesteak. And it's, and it's good to see them eating a cheesesteak. So over the years, we just found a good quality meat. We found a good roll, and, and it works well. It's really simple. Uh, it's so simple, it's good. That's great. What about you, little Mike? I guess my, my favorite cheesesteak, the... I mean, anytime I leave Philly for an extended period and come back home, the first order of business is to get a pepperoni pizza steak. Um, oh, that sounds fantastic. Pepperoni, yeah, that uh, pepperoni pizza steak, maybe even a little wings on there. There's so many different things, but like, there's no doubt the pepperoni, and it's uh, my favorite. I've eaten. More than I, I can count. Oh, my goodness. That sounds terrific. We are with Campos, 214 Market Street. And what I love is the purposes of these interviews are to encourage our listeners, instead of going to a big conglomerate, you go to family-owned places like Campos. If you have a catering need or anything you need, you can talk to Big Mike or Little Mike. I don't have to go through 35 people uh, to have my wishes fulfilled, I can talk to Big Mike or Little Mike. Family-owned business is what is uh, is where it's at nowadays. Uh, support these guys. I also want to let our listeners know that you guys are a family-run business, but yet you took the generosity uh, to donate to the veterans' charities. That's what our Philadelphia Cheesesteak Tour was all about. We were raising money for the veterans' charities. And it's a family business given back to the community. Uh, let's and let's uh, wrap it up. 
Uh, let's uh, uh, it, final thoughts on Campos. Big Mike, we'll start with you, my friend. Uh, how to wrap it up? Yeah. Well, you know, we also skip cross country overnight. Okay. That's been a, a growing business for us. Uh, so instead of sending a flower or a fruit basket, we can send a cheesecake, a hoagie, a pretzel, and a pastry cake overnight, delivered from our deli right to your door. Oh. And it's really good. And we've been doing it for since 1985. And it's getting bigger. Now with this COVID thing, people from all over the country are sending stuff whether it's children from schools or just people moved away or just sending a gift. If you don't know what to send, get a little taste of Philadelphia, and it's been working very well. That's fantastic. And what I love about that is there are people, because our show is listened to all over the world, and I can't tell you how many people write us and say, hey, look, I miss Philadelphia. I, I really miss having a good cheese, uh, you know, a tasty cake or whatever. You can go to Campos, and they'll deliver a taste of Philadelphia anywhere in the country, correct? Yes, anywhere in the country, overnight. Wow, that's amazing, and what a perfect thing for Christmas. Uh, Little Mike, final thoughts? Little Mike, final thoughts, my friend? Yeah, um, you know, thanks for letting us share. We, uh, it's more than a family business to us. We kind of, we, we love it, every aspect of it. So it's really important to us that, People understand why we're doing it. So uh, thanks for giving us the chance to, to speak with you. Well, I just want to say it's an honor for our show to have such an iconic place like Campos, 214 Market Street, on the show. And it, it, we want to thank you. I cannot let you go without talking about social media. Do you have any social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, whatever? Yeah, we have, we have the social platforms, uh, Facebook, I don't believe Twitter, but um, Instagram, Facebook, um, what is the tag? What is the tag, Mike? How can I find it? if I go to if I go to Instagram right now? What am I looking for? Campo silly cheese steak. Exactly. Okay. And uh, we did a business show on our show, and it, it said, believe it or not, most uh, people that are looking into a restaurant actually go to Facebook. What what would I look on Facebook to find you guys? The same Campo silly cheese steak. That is fabulous. Uh, Campos Philly Cheesesteak on all social media. I want to encourage everyone, come down to this fantastic family business. And instead of supporting all these chains and all these big conglomerates, you got a family right at 214 Market Street that's been putting out high-quality food for a very long time, and they're giving back to the community. We want to thank you guys for your generosity towards the veterans. And uh, we want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, and thanks for your support. Dining on a Dime is live at Gooey Louie's, the iconic Gooey Louie's, at Moya Mensing and Moore in the Pennsport Shopping Plaza. We are here with the main man, the top dog, the creme de la creme. Uh, John is the uh, manager of this iconic place. John, talk about Gooey Louie's. Well, we've been in business for uh, about 37 years now. Um, a little slow right now due to the pandemic. Sure. Want you want all the people to come on by and visit us and definitely will not be disappointed. We have 20-ounce steaks for large and 12-ounce steaks for small, and our hoagies are to die for. And we just did the Philadelphia Cheesesteak Tour, and we came to Gooey Louie's, and sure enough, John's not kidding. 
on the 12-inch sandwich, it's 20 ounces of meat. Is that correct? That's correct. So we had it. Look, it was so huge, John, that I can't under, I can't believe it. Now tell us about the cheese. The cheese stood out for me. Right. Uh, what kind of cheese do you use? Well, most places, you know, tourists like the, the the whiz cheese. We only use real cheese. We have American provolone, Swiss, Cooper Sharp, or hot pepper cheese. And you don't deal with that fake cheese. No fake cheese, none whatsoever. <laughs> so once again, we are with the at the iconic Gooey Louis Moya Messing and more in the Pennsport Shopping Plaza. Uh, uh, Gooey Louis is known for their cheesesteaks, but you have some really good hoagies. I wrote about you guys, and then the first thing people said was, whoa, 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 what about the hoagie? Talk about the hoagies, John. Well, our hoagies are freshly sliced every day, made to order. So, you know, we encourage you to come down. We have all kinds of hoagies, corned beef, turkey, roast beef, Italian, ham and cheese. We sell a lot of Jewish deluxes, which is roast beef, corned beef, turkey, and Swiss mi mixed together. We have tuna fish, chicken salad, all kinds. And talk about your exposure. Philadelphia Magazine. John yes, was yes. in the center of the magazine. So, Gooey Louis, yeah. I just want to let our listeners know, Gooey Louis, if you talk about cheesesteaks, they're always talked about. Uh, it's iconic uh, cheesesteak place. But you guys get a lot of press. Uh, talk about your uh, feature in Philadelphia Magazine. Oh, uh, we were. Um, they came in, asked us if they wanted to do. A, if they wanted to do a store on us. I said, "Go for it." And then he uh, told me to hold up a cheese egg, open it up, and all this stuff. And and he took a picture. I said, "How about with an Eagle Super Bowl ring?" <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, that'd be awesome." So I did that, and he made that the centerfold. Wow. It was a centerfold holding holding up with the Eagle Super Bowl ring. That is awesome. Yes. My wife said they needed two pages for me. <laughs> <laughs> but they can find you. I'm sure that issue is available somewhere. Yes. Actually, they, they reissued it this year, I believe. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. That's fantastic. And what I love about Gooey Louie's is not only do you guys have a reputation of being one of the top cheesesteak and hoagie spots, but you're in a nice neighborhood. Yes. And every time I come here, John knows pretty much everybody that walks in. Talk about your neighborhood clientele. All right. Neighborhood clientele is very nice. They're um, average Americans, you know. <laughs> but all, I'm saying all, they're South Philly. All South Philly, all the different shapes, sizes, you know. And they're very nice to us. They treat us nice. They welcomed us nice when, they, when we opened up. And, um, you know, we help them out as much as we can. Awesome. And uh, we have a huge audience. We were just ranked number 130 in the world in the food department. Uh, talk about the owners. Give them some props. Well, the owners, Bob and Maureen, they've been in business for a long time. Bob opened up. Well, he bought the store from someone. And oh, wow. He, and it was an ice cream shop. And he wanted to give people something different, something that they would come back for, which is why our sandwiches are so huge. How about that? You want to come back to quality, and you want to come back to a good good sandwich and, and that's like i said that's what i love about gooey louis is your total south philly neighborhood place yes you guys get a lot of press you can't lie you get a lot of press every time someone does a cheesesteak article or something like that they always mention gooey louis right uh talk about the other things on the menu we have hoagies what's your most popular hoagie our most popular hoagie is probably the Jewish Deluxe. Okay. Yes. Talk that's, about like that. I what? said that's the roast beef, corned beef, turkey, and Swiss cheese mix. Nice. Yes. Nice. What about the, uh, you know, I'm a Port Richmond guy, so I don't know much about And so are you. Well, I've just moved out to Port Richmond about 
10 years ago. <laughs> when I'm South Philly through and through. You know. Talk about the parameters with the Eagles and the Phillies. What if the game day's on? How far is it? You know, what Unfortunately, it, we're closed on Sundays okay. for, for the Eagles. But you can get but it on we, Saturday. Put we it do the get a lot of people coming for Phillies games, the Flyers games. And if the Eagles do play during the weekday, we get a lot of fans. We're not that far. We're maybe a mile and a half from the stadiums. So. There you go. So you can come to a Phillies game. Right. And then you jump, know, jump right on 95. And jump there. right on 95. You're a mile. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, you guys are definitely have to get a hoagie because every time I talk about you guys, everyone's like, yeah, the cheesesteak is great. But, wow, they really packed the hoagies in. And you said that was a uh, strategy? Uh, because was, he wanted people to come back. He wanted people to come back, and he wanted like something to. I I would guess you'd say amaze the people at sight and taste. How about that? And he's he did it. I mean, it was his idea. We just perfected it. Me and Bruce. <laughs> right. Yeah, I heard Bruce. <laughs> Bruce is an icon. Yes. Yeah, I heard about Bruce. Uh, I actually heard from foodies about Bruce. Oh, really? Yeah, he's known. Uh, yeah, but he's you, been on, he's been on that grill for years. He's been on the grill for years, and yes, thirty years. Every cheesesteak, most of them are from him. So yeah. that's what I heard. Uh, let's talk about anything that you guys do that's different. Do you have specials, or is there anything? We normally don't do specials. Okay, it's just whatever. We used to do meatballs and stuff years ago, but people get that anywhere, you know. Right, right. So. And your hoagie could fill four people. You could probably uh, get one hoagie we've, and we've cut it up. That. Yes, people come in and get extra bread. You know, right? They feed their family. That's why a lot of people like us too, because it's not expensive here to feed a family of four. Well, what did you say? Ten ninety five. You got that huge cheesesteak, right? Yes. In ten ninety five, we literally had a over a pound of meat on that steak, on one cheesesteak, and we fed three people well right. on that one cheesesteak. Right. So our show is Dining on a Dime. We teach you where to get the best bang for your buck. Where else could you get the best bang for your buck except at Gooey Louie's? That's, that's definitely. And we did a article for a Facebook cheesesteak page, and everyone came to, you know, came saying, hey, look, I love Gooey Louie's. It's about time someone gives respect to Gooey Louie's. It's fantastic. Well, it's, uh, thank it's you for nice. coming, and we'd like to thank all those people, too. All right, John, final thoughts. If you could tell anybody. About Gooey Louie's, uh, Moya Messing and more inside the Pennsport Shopping Plaza. Yep. Uh, right off the 57 bus for my friends who take the bus. <laughs> Literally, the bus stops right there. Right outside. If you could tell anybody a couple things about Gooey Louie's, what would you say? I would say we are definitely worth the dollar. Yes. Definitely worth it. And you would, would not be disappointed. We have a fun, uh, loving crowd crew here it's total south Philly. you come in here we you feel will, like you're in the neighborhood we will take care of you and uh, just give us a try okay give us a phone number so the people phone number want 215-334-7668 and uh, just ask and they'll take care of you, you can ask right. for me if, if you want yeah and that's what we love about small businesses like this i don't need to go through a corporate I can come here. I can talk to John. I can right. talk to the owner. Cor you know what I mean? Corporate would pass it on to me anyway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about social media, John? A lot of people like social to look media, at we stuff. We are on Facebook, but we really don't do a lot of that. We are on there. We have okay. Once in a while, we do a, a little raffle. Well, the most important thing is your phone number. Give the phone number one more time. Okay, the phone number is two one five three three four seven six six eight. And it's such an honor to be a Gooey Louie's. Uh, John's been on our show before. People were amazed. 
to find out that you put 20 ounces on a 12-inch steak. 20 ounces. And so you're getting your best bang for your buck, and it's 10.95. When I found out how much it was, I was like, this is fantastic. Right. You know, and we want to thank Gooey Louie's for supporting the veterans' charities that we were raising money for. So the Phil- Philadelphia Cheesesteak Tour was to raise money for two veterans' charities in Gooey Louie's in these tough times, came out and made a donation. So we want to thank you. Well, we just think of it as if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. That's exactly right. right. Dining on a Dime is live with Michael, the owner of Steak em Up. We are at 11th and Chunk. Michael, first, I want to thank you for your generosity towards the veterans charities that we are helping to support today. And let's tell our listeners about Steak em Up. Hey, Steak em Up's at uh, 2600 South 11th Street. We also have another location uh, in North Wildwood on the boardwalk at uh, 17th and Boardwalk. Uh, we've been in South Philly for going on 16 years now. That's impressive. Yeah, well, you know, it, especially in these times. Right. And what is the most popular things on your item or on your menu? Uh, menu's probably the pizza and the cheesesteaks. Uh, a lot of appetizers, but we sell a variety of uh, from hoagies to steaks to pizzas, calzones, trombolis. How about that? And what I love about you is you guys are in a nice neighborhood, you yes. know, 11th and Chunk. Heart of South Philly. Steak them up. Uh, I love your cheesesteak. I've been here. Uh, so the pizza. Yes. Uh, what are your varieties of pizza? Varieties, we have two sizes. We have a personal and we have a large 16-inch. Uh, we go from plain, you know, with all the toppings. So we have uh, a line of uh, gourmet pizzas, which are, we have the Hef, which is like a Big Mac, which okay. is one of our big sellers. Nice. Uh, Comes with lettuce, pickles, Thousand Island dressing. We also have, uh, you know, your your. We have a mega fry pizza, which is cheese whiz, nice. bacon, French fries. It's a big seller. And mega fries mega on a pizza. Yep, that's French fantastic. Fries, it's delicious. Actually, really, really fantastic. good. Fantastic. Yep. And our probably our number one seller is our breakfast pizza, which when people hear breakfast pizza, they get a little weirded out. Oh wow! But we make it with uh, scrambled eggs. We use American cheese, New York or American cheese. Uh, with any topping you like, we have scrapple, pork roll, bacon, you know, the list goes on. That's fantastic. And I want to, the purpose of these is to encourage our listeners, especially now, to support small business. Yes. Uh, you have a, Michael, he's at 11th and Chuck, stake him up in a nice neighborhood. Let's give him some support. Uh, Michael, anything that you guys do, what about your specials? Any specials or anything? Uh, we have a we have a, a milkshake special on Mondays. Uh, buy one get one free. That's very um, important to know. Buy one get one free. Yes. Milkshake, milkshake special Monday, every Monday. Every Monday. Um, we used to have specials, but right now it, it, it's tough now because prices are through the roof. Right. Uh, steak went up, meat went up, cheese is through the roof. So it's kind of we used to have pizza specials, but right now it's just it, it, you know it's tough. Um, and we also did a lot of donations to uh, the healthcare workers. We we donated over probably close to five thousand dollars. Wow. In free food. And we had a lot of customers that also donated money and, and, and sent stuff out. And why not support a business that gives back? Yes. Well, you just supported the veterans today. Yes, yes. I we mean, have, yes. we have two great veterans charities that we are uh, helping raise money for. Yes, which is fantastic. And Michael was beyond generous. Yeah, and we also we donate to We Back the Blue. You know, we, we believe in our, our or even the firefighters. We, a lot of times we'll get some orders and some people don't pick them up or we make a mistake. We have the firehouse right down the street, two blocks. And uh, if we have extra food, we'll just send it down there, give it to the guys. All right, well, we got all the important stuff out of the way. Let's Absolutely. have some fun. Let's I'm have in. some fun. I'm Michael, but I don't own Steak em Up. Okay? <laughs> I come here as Michael. Yes. What is Michael ordering? Michael's got two things. Michael's going to get probably our upside-down pizza. 
which is uh, we we have cheese on the bottom and and sauce on top. Oh, but, oh, oh that's but our good. special sandwich is probably our, our 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 chicken supreme, which is grilled chicken, mayo, lettuce, tomato. Uh, we put uh, the Parma brujute, provolone, and a oh. balsamic glaze. And that's probably my. You get it with onions or without. I don't like onions, so I do it without. But that's probably our our. You have me hungry. Days. We're doing oh, seventeen cheesesteaks today. I you know. actually got me hungry. I should, I should have made you want to put it to the side. <laughs> it's that good. That wow. Good. And like I said, I want everyone instead of going to these big chains, come on down, stake them up, eleventh and chunk yes. in the heart of South Philly. Really, our, our slogan is avoid the tourist traps. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, but we love them guys too. We all. I love all the. You guys are all friends. I yes, know that. Yes. Uh, but why not spend your money at a spot that's giving back? small business and help them and this is the time to go out and yes. support your local business owner. yes it is michael and we also have we also have one more thing is is if is there if there's a family out there that's struggling you know with children or or, or they need some food or they would let you know get a pizza they can inbox me no questions asked and i'd be glad to help you know anybody that that that's in, in need in this and time. that's what we want to do we want to support businesses that are giving back to the community yeah we want to support small businesses that are family-owned. I come here, and I have an issue. I want to do catering or whatever. Who do I, I talk yeah. to? Michael. Yeah, or, or one of the girls up here. They probably know more than me. There's not a big conglomerate. There's no corporation. Yeah, there's no yeah. corporation I have to talk yes, to. Yes, yes. Final thoughts about Steak em Up at 11th and Chunk. What do you want our listeners to know? If you were to tell them anything, you could. Just we're, we're block. you know, I, I, now we're, there's no sports. You can't go to sports games. But when we're back in action, we're literally five blocks from the stadiums. Fantastic. You know, if you come. Come by, come grab a steak before or after the games. We're, we're here. We're open 8 a.m. for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We close at 11 p.m. Come by. And support Steak em Up, 11th and Shunk. Appreciate Let's it. go on to our next interview. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Have a great All day. All right, you too. All right, what a great interviews that we had. Gooey Louis, uh, Campos, we really loved their interview. They did a great job. I talked to Big, uh, Big Mike and Little Mike at Campos. Uh, we also had an inter- a great interview with Steak em Up. Uh, we want to thank everyone for joining us this week. Dining on a Dime, the number one on all social media platforms. Amorous Pollock, give your tags. You can reach me um, across the board, either at Amorous Pollock, using my name, or A.R. Pollockus, A-R-P-O-L-L-O-C-K-U-S, on all social media platforms. Visit our campus location outside of Section 104. <laughs> right, that's that's no, my no, Lou no. Nolan impression. They mentioned that. Yeah, they mentioned that. Uh, the official cheesesteak of the Flyers. Uh, <laughs> Matt Maratea at M-M-A-R-A-T-E-A-2-2. That's M-Maratea-2-2 on both Twitter, Instagram, the Sport Chance Pod at both Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, Last Out Media, our beautiful studio hosts beautiful. and wonderful blog. Catch everything there. We've got some exciting stuff coming up in December. And keep checking our platform. Bonus episode again this week. Uh, Thanks, everyone. We will talk to you next week. At Cook Unity, they believe food is a great connector and should be ready in minutes when you are. That's why I'm introducing you to a personalized meal subscription service tailored to your dietary needs with 
over 150 meals to choose from per week. At Cook Unity, you can eat like you have a private chef delivering meals to your door. And if you sign up using the code A-R-P-O-L-L-O-C-K-U-S in all caps, you can get $30 off your first and second week's order. So sign up at cookunity.com and begin eating well without effort. Sporting Chance Podcast. Crack one open and give this podcast a chance. It is a weekly rundown of Philly sports, a dive into craft beer, and a peek at the sports memorabilia collection of Matthew Maratea which is also me. Join me as I am a lifelong fan, a craft beer industry worker, and a sports writer as I'm trying to tie together all of my passions for give you, the listeners, a refreshing look at the world of sports and beer. You can tune in on iTunes, uh, Anchor, Spotify, and any number of other podcasting apps. So be sure to check it out and look for it weekly, the Sporting Chance Podcast.